Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands. My co-host this week is the amazing, amazing Colin McGuire. The immortal. And in studio, we have Justin Tarnow from Flying Dog University, Ooh. professor extraordinaire. What an intro. Thank you. So good. We just want, we want you to feel loved <laughs> and that you're in a safe place. I do. I feel That's loved, cherished, and appreciated. Thank Probably you. not safe, though. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say <laughs> yeah. so obviously from the name people have figured out you work for a flying dog yep. and is it do you run the flying dog university program yeah i guess for the most part yeah i run point on teaching a lot of the classes um finding experts uh promoting um we do work with a lot of experts uh, in other fields as well we've got experts from uh, charcuterie field we've got some experts from uh, chocolate we've also got some cheese and we're even doing a beer and cigar class coming up soon nice yeah so where did the concept of flying dog university come from where where was it born it was probably born during a board meeting one day <laughs> <laughs> now I, I actually wasn't there when the concept was born i was um running some beer classes basically that were snuck into like beer dinners in Gaithersburg and at the time my then girlfriend now wife was actually a tour guide for Flying Dog and she just convinced some people hey you've got to see what uh what he's doing with these beer classes let's all you know on a Monday night let's all um do one of these uh beer dinners and the next thing you know one of the people that was just a guest at one of these beer dinners just so happened to be um basically the hiring manager for the tasting room and so when it came time for finding the talent for who was going to do, you know, who was going to be able to teach these classes, she basically offered like, hey, we, know, we want you to come up here and uh, apply for this job. And it took us a little while to write the curriculum. So I was basically a tour guide for about a year and a half. But that also taught me a lot about the company and uh, helped translate what I knew from being a home brewer and just kind of a big fan of beer to actually learning how uh, the inner workings of a production facility works. So did you... I'm assuming you went to college to be like a teacher or you had like a strong uh, upper advanced education. PhD. Yeah, I went to uh, college to learn how to be a mechanic, and this is what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I see how those yeah. relate. It checks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of science involved in both of them, and, and yeah. But no, for the most part, yeah, I was, I, this was a lot more fun than working underneath people's cars. Probably a lot cleaner, too. A lot cleaner, <laughs> yeah. How long did you homebrew? I ho- I've brewed at home for about two and a half, three years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't Did do it, it as often now because now I take home really great beer from work. So <laughs> kind of <laughs> but I, I've hold, held on to all the equipment. It's just collecting dust at this point. Do they ever let you play with the brew system at, at work? That's a good question. I'm actually, um, it was just yesterday I was coordinating with a lot of the members of the uh, Quality Assurance Lab, um, both packaging and production. On, I'm going to be about once a month, like basically pulling a shift in different departments. That way I'm staying sharp on what's happening in these areas. And that way I can actually answer questions correctly and, and know exactly what happens and kind of work through these. But yeah, at the moment, I haven't really played with a lot of this stuff right now. So is that in preparation for, because one of the courses you have is the Beer Geek tour, right? Yeah. No. Well, the Beer Geek the, tour, I've been, we've been running that for about a year now, or, or a little over a year now, and that, oh my god, those sell out like hotcakes. Uh, we never have a problem getting people for those. Um, as far as being able to walk people around and show them all the, you know, I, I understand the concepts completely of what's happening in these areas, but, you know, maybe getting my hands dirty, 
that's where, you know, that'll be kind of my next level. So even at the moment, I'm still continuing to learn, you know, that way I can continue to, you know, uh, either bring new concepts for new classes or just be able to answer questions the proper way. Have you had a favorite class? Beer and charcuterie is a really big one for me. Any kind of cured Ooh. meat, yeah. Um, pastrami class? <laughs> basically, it's like a pastrami salami <laughs> class, yeah. That's it's such a fancy word. I know. I, know. I don't understand that. It, it is. Like, where does that come from? I guess the word cut is in there, and so you have to, like, cut the salamis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing at this point. Well, you are the professor, yeah. so yeah. basically yeah. whatever you tell us. I Do you start yeah. every lecture with, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, what is it, where, you know, very wise men know what they don't know. Ah, yeah, that's right. I love yep. the cliche, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I like using that. Yep. I try to slip it in. Probably try to do it a couple times in this podcast. Well, yeah. you got one so far, yeah, so that's one. a good job. Drinking game. How many times I say it, you got to drink? You watching Facebook? You watching? Oh. Anyway, so do you have a... Wait, 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 wait. We're still talking about the Beer Geek Tours. Oh, whoa. So whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the, uh, what's the difference between a regular tour and the Beer Geek Tour? Good question. That's a great question. I thought yeah. so, too. Yep. Thank you. And the best answer is, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the... Uh, the we the, label them yeah. geeks. <laughs> the classic tour is about half hour to maybe 40 minutes long. And you really just get about maybe, you know, at each stop, you may get like two, three minutes, maybe tops. And you're just kind of get like a basic overview. It's kind of hard to gauge when you've got, you know, all these people, you know, we get thousands of people to come to visit the brewery and we want to be really transparent with our techniques and uh, with uh, ingredients and how these beers are coming together. So it's just kind of an opportunity for us to sort of peel back the curtain a little bit. What the beer geek tour is really set out for is, Hey, if you've done the regular tour and you still want to learn more, if you're still curious about something that's going on here, this is where we sort of set a, you know, Besides of time, uh, you know, twice a month to be able to walk these uh, very small groups back there. So we only we have to cap these tours at 12 people because we're going to go to the highest point of the brewer's platform. We're going to open up a lot of this equipment. If the equipment is empty, it's really cool because I get to show you all the moving parts. If the equipment's filled with ingredients, that's pretty cool, too, because I get to explain what's happening in real time. We're going to go inside the lab. We're going to go inside the bottling room. I mean, there's plenty of employees there that probably don't even know that some of these areas exist. So we're really going to peel back the curtain quite a bit and show a lot of people the, the mechanics of the, the building. Go ahead. I don't want to move the discussion away from the tour. <laughs> so are, are you're get, are, is there anyone else giving the tours or you lead the group yourself? The Beer Geek Tour, it's just me and, and whoever signs up for that day. Um, but yeah, we have a couple other tour guides that are going to be there Monday through Sunday doing the, like the classic brewing experience tours. And how long did you say it was? From beginning to end, from the moment we all, I ring the bell and we go into the classroom until I dismiss class. Uh It's going to be about two hours. Holy moly. Last half hour. That's really where uh, a lot of what you've signed up for, because we're going to open up a pilot batch of beer. Cause we kind of figure, you know, if you've, you've now seen all the, uh, the inner workings of this building now, you have a, a heightened understanding of beer, and we're actually going to use your feedback to sort of shape the uh, the way the direction that we're going to take these pilot batches. Yeah. Uh, we're going to open up an aged beer. We're going to open up the newest Brewhouse Rarity, uh, any of the Sub Rosa series, so beers that are only brewed for the actual brewery itself. So we're basically going to open up some really interesting stuff in the classroom, and I'll kind of guide you through the tasting notes. Or if it's like the pilot batch, I'm going to you know record the information that or the feedback that everybody gives us, and then take that over to production. That's interesting. Yeah. 
So we'll hire you real quick for our tasting panel. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> and then we'll fire you right after that. Oh, <laughs> that's short-lived career. <laughs> so then uh, you have your core curriculum. Yep. It's beer 101, 201, 301, and 401. 401. So for, that must be really advanced. Yeah. So the, the 101 class really just defines what beer is. Uh, we're going to spend some time on beer history. I'm a firm believer, and you've got to know where beer's been. Well, it and says it's a rigorous yes. exploration. Yes. you got to know where beer's been in order to know where it's going. Um, so we're going to sort of you know, go through how basically every single culture in the entire world had some sort of a fermented product that came from a grain. <laughs> Um, then we're going to jump, uh, we're going to introduce everybody to what the classic four ingredients are that all brewers are using throughout the entire world. We're going to go through some classic brewing techniques and then we'll finish thing up with uh, traditional beer styles. 201 is basically a crash course and what the heck happened in the last 30, 40 years with this. Crash. Now, are, is there, are there prerequisites? Do you have to have a C average in 101 <laughs> to move on to 201? Well, how, how are we? Yeah, uh, the only the only class with a prerequisite would be the beer geek tour. We just don't want the beer geek tour to be like a, a because their classic brewer experience tour they fill out really quick. So we didn't want that to be well, just on overflow. Yeah, just on an overflow, you thought you'd stumble into that. But at the end of the day, we don't really check for prerequisites. If you really <laughs> want to come on a beer geek tour, we'll let you come. Um, but no, no, you know, a lot. I have a lot of students that they'll do. They feel like they've tested out of like one hundred one or two hundred one, and they'll jump into three hundred one and four hundred one. And then the next go around, they've come back because they're like, actually, there was a lot to learn. There is, you know, there's a lot to get. I'd make them take a test, an actual test. (laughs) We we should. (laughs) And just let them pass. (laughs) So let me me let you go back. So what's 201? 201. Yeah, 201 is basically, you know, defining what is craft beer. Where do these untraditional ingredients come in? What are, how do these hybrid styles where, we're, br- we're breaking all the rules that were kind of set for the last five to 700 years or so. That's sort of what the craft room movement's all about. So where does the pumpkin puree go in? How do you get the old bay in the beer? Where do you get the blood orange flavors in the beer? And we're kind of going, we're revisiting the brewing process, but I'm basically explaining how some of these advanced brewing techniques are used to make a lot of these really interesting craft beers that have um, become so popular in the last couple of years. And then 301 is all about sensory. I am basically your uh, sensory personal trainer. I'm <laughs> Sorry, are you a super taster? I, oh, it's a good question. I actually don't think I am a super taster, but I'm a firm believer in you can train your sensory. To some degree, I don't even know if I want to be a super taster. Can you imagine going to your in-law's house for Thanksgiving? <laughs> And you're a super it's taster, and you true. have to pretend like that turkey's not dry. <laughs> and you're really <laughs> sensitive to all the, you know. So I, I don't even know if I'd want to go that far with it. <clears throat> so how – like, I've taken um, BJCP courses because yeah. I wanted to be able to speak more intelligently and, like, kind of – and maybe I just need to take the Beer 301 class, but, like, I, I feel like I don't know how to talk about the taste of beer. So is that what – it's a that lot class of, is it's a lot of what we're trying to we're trying to sharpen up your skills so that you can uh, a lot of it is just helping people under separate the five senses separate what you're smelling and what you're tasting and being able to use vocabulary words to just sort of describe what you've got you know what you're experiencing um, and then we're also helping some people along too with you know not everybody's going to get the exact same thing you know we're we talk a lot about how we're using we're all using the same hardware but we don't exactly use the same software to process the information we're getting from that glass of beer. So some of this is, you know, we're not all going to get the same stuff out of a glass of beer, but you know, that's what's, that's kind of what's fun and acceptable about the craft beer movement right now. 
Yeah, I kind of just grunt and say good or bad. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but like I said, if you'd like to speak more intelligently about it, you know, things like this, they're, they're a good place to start off. And then the best thing I'd say too, man, you got to do a lot of homework. You got to go home <laughs> and taste a lot of beer. <laughs> well, then the, there's the 401, the science mm-hmm. of the beer. Now that seems to be, that seems to be popular, right? Because the one for August, right, Chris? It's already sold yeah, out. It's sold out. Yeah. So is is this the first first time you're offering 401 though? Is that correct? Or this we just did a 401 class this past Saturday. So I'm an idiot. Yeah, and that one <laughs> that one was sold out as well. <laughs> oh, that says Saturday. Yeah, that was April 29th. Yeah. The date's there. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> that one's the sold that's out. sold out. Not, okay, not so the you one can in still August. sign up for the August one. Yeah, there's yeah exactly. There's yep. We've got that one up online right now. Um, 401. That's actually one where I'll, I'll co-teach that class with uh, Garth Patterson. He's a professor at the Mount Mount St. Mary's College, and he every other year at the Mount does a 40-hour beer chemistry class, and we basically got him to sort of cherry pick sort of the greatest hits the kind of fun factoids and just sort of highlight a little bit of each thing he's going to do i mean in his is in his uh the class he's teaching at the mount he'll spend a month on water we'll spend wow. 15 minutes on water <laughs> wow so um how long is the are these classes on average most of them there should be once you've included the guiding taste the guided tasting and everything they're usually on average around two hours for all the core curriculum, we've got uh, custom take-home materials that everybody gets. You get a, a certificate of completion, too, that you can hang up at your bar at home. Are you accredited? <laughs> Are we? No. Oh. You really like, took the air out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that deflated real yeah. fast. You could have just said yes. Okay, let's try it again. So <laughs> once you complete 401, does Flying Dog hire you? Uh, there's goes? no guarantee, but it, it certainly oh. will help your resume. Has that? Uh, how many cla- how many classes have you taught? Do you think, um, in terms of those general uh, core just curriculum, the, the core we've probably done at least oh gosh probably about we just celebrated our hundredth uh, public class the other day. Okay. We're not we don't just teach classes for the public. I also do wholesaler, retailer, uh, wow. all the internal hires and things like that too. So just the public alone, we've done it was just over a hundred classes maybe a month or two ago. So I'd, I'd have to say out of those, maybe 30 to 40% of those has to be that core curriculum. So, hmm. yeah. wow. so what point do you get your master's degree? <laughs> um, once well, you complete the electives. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, and there's all the electives. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can I get you to pull your mic down? Just because every sure. time I look over, I feel like I'm watching that. What was that show? Do I look like Bane? No. Like Wilson, the neighbor. Yeah. Oh. You only oh, ever home saw. improvement. Yeah, home improvement. Yeah. I felt like it was home yeah. improvement. I could only see like from your eyes down. You, you see my eyes now? Yeah, I do. I want to be able to stare into them. Cool. Shout out to Tim Allen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cooking with beer. Oh, that's a lot of fun. So Is we it? get the introductory of cooking with beer and sensory yeah. overload. Mm-hmm. But if you want the real story, you got to take the elective. So we're, we're kind of giving it to you as a concept in the class. There's no way that I can fire up pots and pans and, you know, get everybody to wash their hands and put aprons on them in that two hours. So we're giving you some theories on how to, you know, and we'll also give you some recipes that are, you know, pretty entry level through the 301 class. But if you really want to dive deep into cooking with beer, we partner up with uh, Chef Christine from the, uh, the oh, kitchen studio yeah. cooking school. She's awesome. She's cool, man. Yep, she's I the like best. Her a lot. Yep, and so we will. She'll come up with a menu where she'll use some of our core beers as an ingredient in at least three to sometimes up to five dishes, and wow. then it, and we'll she'll run through the entire thing. Now she she ends up teaching probably about seventy five eighty five percent of that class. 
But the cool thing is, is as the beer pops up as an ingredient, I'll walk around with a tray with a little taste of each one of these beers. Uh-huh. That way you can taste the beer, you know, as like a raw ingredient before it's incorporated into the food. And I'll kind of explain, you know, what makes those flavors show up in the glass and what we're hoping it's going to bring to the dish. How often do you cook at home with beer? How often? Do I, well, I always have a glass of beer next to me. No, I mean to, <laughs> yeah. as an ingredient. As an ingredient? It probably, I would have to say, there's probably, it's going into food probably at least once a week. Really? Yeah. I'm always nervous about wasting a beer in food, you know, because what if the dish doesn't turn out that well? I guess you're, you know, well, in my position, you know, I take a great deal of beer home, so well, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. We can't all live the yeah. life of. Fancy professor pants. emeritus you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> professor fancy pants yeah, i'll leave the rest of these over here for you guys. um <laughs> yeah it's one of one of the now the best thing that, that chef has taught us is that tasting as you're going is probably one of the most overlooked skills of a chef so you know by adding a little bit of beer into a sauce or something mm-hmm. like that and sort of taking a little taste before you've gone past the point of i'm not really sure you know or if, if it could ruin something that, that would probably be the best way to sort of dip your toes in the water and, and see if you like cooking with a beer. But you have to be able to tell the difference, too. That's a lot of my – like, I'll add a, some beer into a sauce, and I'll be like, ah, I don't really – I just taste – like a sauce. Yeah, tastes yeah. like sauce. Yeah. That's so that's tough. I don't have a good palate. I just like to eat. I'd love lot. to have you at my 301 class. Let's well, do it. Well, let's sign <laughs> yeah, it up. Me yeah. and you want to take it, too, you said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Friday, July 14th. Let's go. Let's yep. do it. You come in Facebook. You come in. <laughs> okay. What go times ahead. are the class? I, mean, I, I assume that's in the evening. We do most of our classes. Um, that one, I'm pretty sure we're going to be running that. That's on a Friday night. Yeah. That's well, it's a f- on a Friday. It doesn't yeah. have the time. If it's on a Friday, I'm pretty sure that one runs from 6 to 8. We try to do, every time we repeat the 101, 201, 301, we try to do it on a different day and a different time slot. That way. Uh, it's at 6 p.m. Yeah, 6 to 8 doesn't have the end time but you're the you're the professor you're the professor i know a, i know a guy that runs you, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe you make some phone calls and yeah. get I'll back to yeah would you ever want to expand the curriculum oh, of course. well look there are still i know i, I know, finished i, know. I haven't finished I, I, yet. oh i know i okay. know i just like what about 402 302 202 wait dare i say 102 i'm so glad you're bringing this up so Arguably, what we're doing right now is now we're starting to find out what kind of what the people are really asking for. And so this last. Yeah, (laughs) that's a a given. Um, So this last 401 class, you get nowadays too. um, you're getting a a mix and match six pack just from signing up for the class. Oh, that's good. So, you know, I'm, I'm basically helping everybody put together their six packs after class. And I had more than one person say, Justin, we need a water class. A lot of these people are home brewers. Uh-huh. Now the hazy beer is coming in, so now people have to understand water in a completely different way to get that cha- that chill haze that at one time was a flaw, but it's kind of neat what's happening with beer. You know, sours and hazy beers at one time were flawed beers. Now that you know, people it's are what everyone wants. Yeah, now it's what <laughs> people want. So it's and so you now have to understand these ingredients, you know, really in depth. So we'll probably we're we're doing a. Um, all about hops class coming up uh, next week too on the twelfth. Um, See how good he is. That was yeah. the next one on the list. I know yeah. he is a professional. I yeah. know, unlike P- us, PhD. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely not us. But so you're gonna do a class on water. We're, well, we're, water. well, we'll ha- it'll take us a little while to kind of figure out what we're gonna bring to the class, who we'll use in a, as an expert. Because I can, I, I'm not, I don't have enough material for two hours worth of water. So we'll, we'll maybe have to find somebody 
Well, how about that dude, the Mount St. Mary's? He'll it'll, he'll probably be involved. I yeah, can, yeah. We we planted the seed with him the other day. Pun uh-huh. intended. I was just Water gonna class. say, yeah. whoa, dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Colin drinks a lot of water. Maybe you could help. I do drink a lot. I'm I consider myself a water expert. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like clear and stuff. Yeah. So that's all. Comes out of a faucet. Sometimes it's cold. Yeah, I think it has a lot of lead in it, doesn't it? If you're in Florida. Preferably. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's brown. It's weird. Go ahead. And then beer and pickling. That's... How cool is that? That is a cool comment. Like, that's not something I ever would have thought about. You pickle? What do you do? So... You pickle beer? If you haven't seen a theme yet between all a lot of these um, elective classes, these are all fermented products. We didn't Uh even know we were doing this until all of a sudden we started realizing, wait a minute, chocolate cacao beans are fermented before you can turn them into a chocolate bar. Mm. Charcuterie goes through its its change, its metamorphosis. There's that Uh, word. Beer. Um, clearly is a fermented product and what else do we cheese and then all of a sudden we started realizing why aren't we doing pickles so we found some experts over at sweet farm um, they're growing a lot of their own ingredients they're they basically are that we can pickle that episode of of portlandia that has come to life <laughs> and they're doing uh they've got dilly beans they've got all kinds of different kimchi and sauerkraut and so we just felt like it made sense to reach out to another local business that, you know, shares a lot of our ethos. And even though they're fermenting completely different products, there's a way to kind of tie all these things in together. So yeah, we're going to have uh, sweet farm. They're going to come and do a lecture on how they got started, what kind of products they grow, how they pickle a lot of their things. They'll be doing a sauerkraut demonstration in front of everybody. Hmm. Uh, everybody will take home some pickling recipes. And then at the very end, the cool thing about pickles is they're a little more of a condiment. So this is where we get to bring in some of the cheese that we feature in our cheese class Ooh. and then use like a, a you know a sharp cheddar cheese with uh, their kimchi on top and get to sort of tie in a lot of these other things. Wow. So is that focusing on like using beer and con- like tasting with pickled yeah. things or you, can you use beer in the pickling process or it's- for... F- both can be done. It's it's definitely been done. And there's even ways to uh, – there's a lot of people that are pickling beer products. Uh, hop shoots, when the hop plant first starts growing out, it's almost like this really thin, skinny asparagus. And you have to cut a lot of those back. And, you know, there, there are plenty of people that they'll take those cuttings and they can pickle that. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of neat how, again, how all these worlds sort of come together – and so this is where, you know, Flying University is kind of a neat opportunity where we're, we're able to kind of take a step back and sort of notice what all these people are doing and just kind of, you know, illuminate and highlight what's going on with them. Hmm. But for the most part, a lot of what we're trying to do there is we just want to, you know, uh, basically give a local business a, a platform to kind of tell their story and tell to, you know, sort of also continue this whole you know, this is something that you can enjoy at home. You know, really awesome local pickles with a really awesome slice of cheese you got from Chris Afoli's Cheese Shop downtown. And then, you know, once you've had these two bites together and then take a sip of uh, world-class beer right after that, that's where you get to live like us. Yeah. Well, like kings. Yeah, like kings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, speaking or, of living or mechanics like... that don't work on cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, living like kings, you have cigars. Mm-hmm. How about the cigars, man? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be probably the most relaxing class. It's the last one, to, right? Uh, it's the last one on probably on that list right now. That's going to be, I think it's Ooh, June. Is there the f- a secret list? Oh, there's Ooh, more secret than list. We, we do like these. It's, it's like this Chinese water torture with how we release these classes. We always want there to be something <laughs> brand new right after this. So I think that's what, June the 5th, Monday night? Yeah, you yep. got it. Yep. 
So what we'll be doing with that is we're partnering up with our friends over at uh, Davidus Cigars. And uh, they are probably the strongest um, cigar lounge shop in this DMV area. And we are they have some exclusive cigars that uh, are only sold through their shops. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to have one of their ex- or owners, uh, is there, he'll be our cigar expert, and you can't make this up, they're the Castro brothers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so he'll as soon as everybody shows up for class that night, um, we're going to pour you a glass of beer right away to taste and drink during the uh, lecture portion of it. And, we'll, and Steve Castro will basically get up and he'll talk about where these different tobaccos grow, why um, uh, the same exact tobacco grown in two different areas of the world can taste completely different. And then he'll go through different varieties of tobacco how the filler, the binder, and the rolling technique all affect the flavor, uh, storing cigar, the proper way to cut a cigar. And so I'll give you a little crash course in tobacco, and then right after that, um, everybody's going to get a three-cigar starter kit. It'll have a mild, medium, and full-flavored cigar. We're also throwing some matches and a cutter and um, uh, a, a, a raffle ticket in there as well. So whatever mood you're in, you'll go up to the bartender, and you'll let them know, oh, I'm going to have the mild-flavored cigar. And we've put together a uh, flight where there are going to be four four-ounce pours of different beers that you'll get to t- you know, sort of sip as you're puffing the first half of that cigar. Whatever of those four beers you decided was the best, you can then turn in a token that's going to be in that starter kit too for a full pour to have of whatever your favorite beer was for the second part of your cigar. So this will be a three-hour class that we'll do on the patio. Oh. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big cigar smoker, but they seem to be something that, like, if you're really into it, it could be just as complicated as if you're really into craft beer. Like the different ways they're made, the yeah, cutting it properly as pouring it properly, mm-hmm. and all the yeah. How was it stored? You know, yeah. The the even uh, cigars can change with age. So mm-hmm. a cigar that's been who knew? Yeah. yeah. I didn't. Not yeah. like people. People never change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a cigar that's been sitting in a humidor for, you know, since your your first kid was born or something, you know, it's mm. going to change in that humidor over time. Mm. So, yeah, just like uh, some beers can take on complimentary flavors, some sticks can take on some complimentary flavors at time, too. Mm. So, yeah. So, it, it, you know, once you kind of explain this stuff, that's where I, I feel like all this kind of makes sense that we're bringing all of our worlds together. Well, are there any, you know, any stones left unturned that you guys have discussed that you'd like to incorporate in some of these classes outside of water? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we're, we're also going to break down. Uh, we're going to get a malt expert in, so we're going to be doing malt. And, of course, yeast will be another. Mm. Uh, so those will be like the four individual traditional ingredients that we'll be able to just sort of focus two hours on each one of those. Um, beyond that, you know, um, we want to continue sort of some of these life hacks, you know, kind of maybe even beer hack kind of mm-hmm. ideas. Um, we're always debunking beer myths is another big part of what we're trying to do. Ooh, what's a big beer myth right now that you would like to debunk live, live. On, on air? Probably the, 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 my, my biggest pet peeve would probably be a lot of people would associate the color of the beer is going to give you a big clue to how strong the beer is. Ooh, go and on. So, well, it, and, you know, so at the end of the day, the only clue that is left behind by the brewer when you're looking at the color of the beer or observing the color of the beer is, were, was it possible that heat-treated ingredients were used or not? So at the end of the day, you can have a very light-colored beer that is very strong in alcohol, very strong in flavor, high in calories, 
where and then the opposite could be true too where you can have a very dark colored beer that could be very light in all those uh variables are you saying my guinness is just as good as my Coors light well now if it's just as good that's that's <laughs> beauty's in the eye of the beholder but <laughs> but at the end of the day the, yeah as far as you know um well yeah because colo- that's one of the big misconceptions of guinness is that it's a heavy yeah, beer that has right. a lot of calories, but it's actually the exact opposite. It's, as far as it's, it's a, a light. It feels like a light beer a lot. Yeah. It really does. And the more, yeah. yeah, the more I've learned about beer. Now, when I go back to, to taste a beer like that, yeah, it's, you know, I, I notice it. It's got a thinner mouth feel, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't nearly taste as strong as I was once thinking it was. Yeah. just because of that color. Yeah, I agree so with that's that. A, that's a big one. I that's just had some Guinness, and I thought that exact same thing. Yeah. Maybe I should take class four hundred two. I don't. I don't think they have that yet. I'll instruct it. Huh? <laughs> they. You could have a. Um, what are the teachers assistant or T A? Yeah. Can I be your T A? You can be what adjunct professor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it. Do you guys have any plans to like ever? Would you want to move it outside of the Flying Dog facilities? Maybe go on the road. Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to. I'm going to be doing some training at the MGM. Um, the new MGM uh, casino uh, next week where, like I said, where I'm, I get out in the field at least once a month. It's almost like every other week or so where I'm going to be going into an account where, you know, we want empowered people, you know, representing our product and we want empowered consumers too. That's just why we're doing what we're doing with Flying Dog University. But, you know, we want that bartender or server and manager to be able to talk about these products and really understand them the way that we do. Therefore, you know, the, the, the higher this beer IQ goes, the end of the day what it's going to do for us is we're going to be able to play around with beer in a completely different way mm-hmm. you know a blood orange beer wasn't going to work in 1992 oh why you know, not because the, the way that we understood and the way that we looked at these ingredients yeah, in 1992 be- beer was supposed to taste like beer there you go <laughs> or or club soda <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean we're so it's it's going to help us a lot with pushing the envelope on what beer can be the 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 more that a consumer can sort of look at the product the exact same way that we can. What's the biggest thing you've learned by, by teaching these courses and things that you said you had to, to learn a lot just to be able to do this? I feel so bad for my high school teachers. I was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably the, the biggest thing that I've learned, um, when I did the beer 401 class with Garth, probably the neatest Brooks. thing. Uh, <laughs> Garth oh. Batterson. Oh, okay. Garth, um, I... I you know, we'd smell like a hop forward beer and you'd say like, oh, yeah, do you smell the leather gloves and the banaka? And, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd, you know, you'd, you'd make up all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you'd, you'd hit one. You'd be like, oh, this this beer actually smells kind of citrusy. And I always just thought before I took this class that it was just kind of like a suggestion. But then I actually found out that the naturally occurring compounds that grow naturally in lemons, limes, grapefruit and all these other things do grow in hops. So how cool is that that? Mother Nature basically uses the exact same building blocks to grow a traditional beer ingredient like hops as she does when she's making all this other citrus fruit. So it's not just in our head that we're smelling citrus or smelling pine or something like that. There literally is the exact same oils in these things. Now, clearly the proportions are totally different, but I think that's probably the neatest thing that I've learned. Oh. Knowledge bomb. Yep. Yeah. Boom, boom. Done. Did, did did we skip over talking about all about hops, or was I distracted while we were? I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, the cool thing about that class too, um, it's Solomon's going to do Solomon Rose from Organarchy. He's going to do a great deal of talking about, you know, how this information that he's going to tell you about him and the professional side of things, um, how this can be translated down to a home grower, because every single student that night is going to take home a hop sprout. 
So we're literally going to give you something, a a live pet to take home. I'm really good at killing hop sprouts. Did you kill yours? Both of them. Oh my gosh. Twice I killed them. Then you've, you've, failed on this class already no, did. No, no prerequisite if i see your name pop up I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. i'll refund you right away <laughs> how much how much are the classes i'd say the the least expensive class um is 15 dollars, but on average they range around 35 45 dollars oh wow it's yeah. the most expensive the the one that we do with the chef at the cooking studio um because you're basically getting like a four or five course meal yeah. uh that ends up being uh, i think after uh i think after the your eventbrite fees and everything it's, i think it's around 85 dollars uh-huh. yep. oh that reminded me there's don't you do one about grilling oh the the byog bring your own grill yeah, yeah that was just before it's, the university that okay, was kind of so when that's yeah. not part of the university program it's, it's not but i'm i'm fighting hard uh carter q i think ran point on that yeah. you, you're you're with junto so you you remember all these cool things yeah, that, yeah. I, n- I never got to take one because they sold out like mm-hmm. almost instantly yeah no i think that'd be another fun thing to kind of uh now that we sort of have a platform and you know an email list that's over 500 strong we've got we've we've got to prove it to ourselves there are people that are hungry for more knowledge. I think we could probably easily unearth something like that and do something like that again. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll run that home up the flagpole. And they're listening right now as we speak. The whole brewery I didn't, I didn't just, just to, sitting no, around. They're like, just, they have yeah. nothing better. Justin's not here. We need to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you – do you have a sense of what your – most of your students, are they – people who are just starting to learn or are they already people who are super into craft beer and just expanding their knowledge and i know you mentioned home brewers make up a lot of them oh yeah there's uh, every single class i do i've got at least three to four home brewers um a lot of who's showing up believe it or not a lot of couples you get a lot it's a date it's a date night this fun date night thing yeah especially the cooking with beer class ah that makes sense yeah people it's a it's a really fun date because you know they're gonna learn something it's hands-on it's different than just a dinner and a movie yeah you know or just you know sitting at the you know the the local chain restaurant ordering appetizers yeah yeah, so we get a lot of couples chris you never treat me anymore yeah sorry (laughs) and we get a lot of um a lot of people are buying these as gifts too you know, oh, you've got the, you've sense. got that, yeah, that, that father-in-law that you don't know what to get him, but you know, he loves beer. And yeah. so, yeah, we're still getting here. Here we are, you know, end of April, beginning of May. And we're still getting people that were like, yeah, this was a Christmas gift because they oh, fill cool. up so much in the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. So we're still, you know, people, Christmas is still giving to a lot of our students. Hmm. So you, you, this will go until June. I see the cigars one is June 5th. Mm-hmm. When do you start back up again after that? We're going to be, we've got the rest of 2017. We've got like a save the date for the, basically the rest of 2017 okay. as we speak right now. Okay. Yeah, we'll lighten things up a little bit come November, December, because the holidays take up a lot of people's time. Mm-hmm. But then it's like right after December, that's when everybody's buying up tickets, you know, for the holidays for the year to come. So then things will pump right back up again. That's cool. Yep. So how do people find get information about uh, buying tickets? Good question. Um, if you log on to flyingdoguniversity.com or actually on our website too, or, or just the regular Flying Dog Brewery website too, there should be a way that uh, will take you over to flyingdoguniversity.com. And there'll be a list of the, the dates of all the classes. And if you just click on those, it'll it's a very seamless way of just choosing how many tickets and it'll let you know how many tickets are available. And yeah, and then you can sign up from there. Do you remember how this, this goes way back to the beginning, but how this sort of, whose idea was this at Flying Dog to do this? Would have, has any other 
you know, breweries locally done that? It was Steve. Steve? No, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, was it something that had already existed? You've seen other other people do this before? No. Like Chris, I said, you know, know I wasn't when. No, the, I, I haven't. Mm. I haven't seen any other breweries that do yeah. it's this type of approach. Definitely not this elaborate. Yeah. Like with the, like a whole offering, maybe. Mm-hmm occasionally I've seen something like a brewery doing like a one-off thing or, but never like a whole full program. Since we've launched this, we've seen a lot of other breweries um, that are offering stuff like this, but but you're absolutely right. I haven't seen as many electives and partnerships and stuff like that. And that's, you know, if you guys are fans of Flano, that's kind of our, our, one of the things we do. We love working with local businesses. We feel Mm -hmm. like you've, we have to support the community that's supporting us. Mm -hmm. Um, Local newspapers. Local newspapers. Yeah. All kinds of, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, I, 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 I wasn't with the company when the concept was brought up during that board meeting. It was kind of a, you know, a few months after that I was, you know, I was brought on. And then, it, like I said, it took us a while to kind of download and, and the information that was in all of our heads and try to figure out how to, you know, lay it out in a, in a really digestible way that, you know, that we could um, have this thing keep going. And, and we really feel like the sky's the limit. You know, we could... You know, we're we're doing um, classes in other parts of Maryland right now where there's possibilities that we might even be able to bring some of these classes up to, like, New York and do, like, a 101, 201, and 301 at, like, a really cool Ooh, hipster bar. Yeah. yeah, there's possibilities that we could maybe even, you know, podcast this um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and sort of offer this, you know, maybe through, like, a Facebook Live or something like that and do a, do a lot more stuff. So at the end, we're just I, – I, I remember offering to do that for you, and you shot me down almost instantly. I, that is not that true. Is, that is Boom. True. That is not true. How about music and beer? A class on that. If we could only find a guy. Do we have a guy? I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. Tell him, yeah. Chris. He's a guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you could pair beer with anything. Yeah. You really could. I think you could. Although music and beer seems to be a good fit for you guys because you guys do concerts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're working on finding our, our summer concert. Yeah. yeah it's going right to be now. radical, man. Yeah. It's going to be pretty radical. Cool. Huh? Radical. Are you, are you allowed to talk about if you're doing how many are doing this year, the concerts? Um, none of it has come my way yet. Okay. So, but I think on average we usually try to do about two, three. Mm-hmm. So I think you can probably expect one. Would you do a live class day of the concert? I'm not. Those days of the concerts are so They're tough, hectic. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if we'd be able to. For the most part, we usually just anything like up, you know, beyond the glass doors of the of the front entrance. Usually, it's just kind of shut off to the public that entire day. Yeah. So there's so many people coming in and out. But like the green rooms. Yeah. 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 So how um, if, if someone wanted to contact you about having the classes for their employees, like a distributor or. Yeah. Uh, do you do you even do like as team building events? Do you do that too, or just mainly for industry education? Yeah, we we'd probably be open to the idea. Like, if you almost wanted to like rent Flying Dog University and like sort of do like a, you know, yeah, maybe there was like a bachelor party where he, you know, him and his bros or yeah, even a bachelor a, party that'd be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're, I think we'd be open to the idea. We, you know, we haven't quite fully materialize something like that but i think we you know like at the end of the day we're just so flattered that there are people that are you know they're they're using you know the the being educated with beer is entertainment too i think this is really neat that 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 people are are open to this idea you know and i just started off as one of those bartenders that just wanted to you know 
I, there was so much I wanted to tell people about beer, and this is so cool that here we are years later. I actually we found a way to you know the, to to keep this whole thing going. Um, so yeah, we're I, I think we'd be open to that idea of uh, you know doing something like that. But as far as you know, um, if somebody wanted to um, offer you know have their staff educated, uh, if our beer is being sold there at that point, they've got a relationship with one of our reps. So it's go through the yeah, okay. and so it'd go through the representative, um, and as well, you know, it'd also go through if the if if it's a good candidate or if that establishment is a good candidate for offering. That is a venue to be able to do classes for the public. Like we're working with Total Wine and um, and Laurel, where we're actually they've got a beautiful classroom, um, mm-hmm. and so we're able to even sell more tickets over there than we could at our classroom at the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an awesome platform, and it's really you know so we're we, you know yeah we'd love to be able to do more stuff like that. What do you think is the next big innovation in beer? Well, as far as the the next thing right now, I think the I think the hazy thing, like I said, is mm-hmm. is obviously the newest sort of trend right now. But I think that we're going to continue to see um, what isn't a traditional beer ingredient today one day become a classic beer ingredient, like pickles. <laughs> well, I think we're we're seeing a lot of fruit forward IPAs. Not yeah. only just where they're using fruit forward hops, but a lot of people are you know introducing all dumping kinds of fruit in there. Yeah, all kinds of interesting fruits, and um, so that, like I said, I think that that's almost become like sort of like a standard right now. It's all you know. A lot of really awesome breweries are offering their version of a fruit fruited IPA, like a maybe a, a blood orange blood IPA orange type could of. Be, yeah, I think yeah. there's breweries that do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or Numero Uno. Yeah. I don't think Which that. We, haven't opened, we haven't opened up one of these yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. You haven't had any product placement. Has yeah. anybody seen the, the bottles? You should show the world the bottles. Yeah, we've got the Numero Uno right here, our Woo. Agave Cerveza. This one was pretty neat. It started off as a brew house rarity pitch. It's a year-round thing now, isn't it? It's a year-round thing. Yeah. The first year that we, we launched it, it was just a summer thing. Mm. And then all this, the, we, the people spoke. They showed up with pitchforks and torches, and they said... You will make that beer all year. And we said, okay. I know so many people who don't like craft beer, and they love that beer. Yeah. They love, love that beer. Yeah. No, this uh, is this is an awesome beer to, you know, sort of, um, it's a good, like, mouse trap, if you will. Do you have a favorite Flying Dog beer? Ooh, that's Ooh. a good question, huh? Hit me with you're your amazing. Shot. Thank you, Chris. That's why you're a professional. Thank you. Here, cheers. Oh, cheers. Here, you can have the rest of that. Go, go, gadget oh, arm. Wait, um, put it to the camera. So... <laughs> I would. I prefer not saying my favorite beer. Oh my goodness! Come on, we ask no. the hard questions on this I, podcast because it's, <laughs> it's. I feel like you're you're forced between your parents. Like, Don't even say false, it. false, false. And I know I'm the least favorite child in my family. Yeah, so how exactly. many kids do you have? You only have the one. I right? only, so I can yeah, have a so favorite that's kid. What, but but yeah. no, you can have a favorite. Trust me, I like one of mine the most. Yeah. Well, how about I'm Are more you comf- listening? I'm more comfortable. Depends on what day you ask, right? Cheers to Chris's least favorite child. <laughs> I mean, I, I could probably safely say, I, I really don't like cats. Yeah. I'm sure I could safely say I was the least favorite child. Well, I mean, my I, sister is a much better person than I am. It got dark. Rarely. <laughs> so just my, answer. What's your favorite beer? Yeah, how about, can I say the desert island beer? Can I, can I, if I had to be, what's the desert island beer? His favorite beer. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to be stuck on a desert island with only one style of beer to go with all, uh, not style, no, or one, come one, on. one of our beers, come yes. on, to go with all the coconuts and raw fish that I'm going to have to eat, it would have to be the Bloodline Blood Orange Ale. 
because it's so versatile. So that's your favorite. That's your favorite beer. Gross and that's, coconuts. That's, that's my that's my desert island beer. Now available in cans. And now available is it in really? Cans. Yep. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. So you take so that's your favorite beer forever and ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one one final question. Get yep. some coconuts. My my car's been making this noise. Yeah. And it, like a banging <laughs> noise. Can you look at it afterwards? I'd be happy to. Okay. Great. Yeah. My, well, why don't Priuses save more gas? That's what I want to know. All those batteries are heavy. I don't know. Oh, that's a good yeah. answer. It's a good answer. Yeah, better okay. than his favorite beer answer. I know that was a cop out. It wasn't. It? Oh, man. Try again, maybe. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go original cores. Anyway, uh, I thought that was gonna be. Watch it. your language. Do you have a Do you have a favorite <laughs> liquor? Um, oh, it depends on the, during the winter months. I like scotch. And right now, during this time of year, this is kind of when gin really starts to taste oh, okay. delicious. How about do you, a, do you have right. a favorite gin? Um, McClintock. Dragon. The, now, it depends. if For a martini, the uh, Hendrix is a delicious gin. Um, now, if I'm doing gin and tonics, though, I like the Tangeray Rangpur Lime. Because you don't have to keep the limes around the house. Yeah, but that's <laughs> cheating. Yeah. That's no, cheating it's, it's got an authentic lime flavor incorporated into it. How about favorite kind of beer that's not Flying Dog? Favorite kind of beer that's not Flying Dog. Um, Dogfish Heads Indian Brown. Okay. See, that's a real answer. Yeah, Yeah, no beating around the bush on that one. I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I was on a desert island and I didn't have any water and (laughs) I had to bathe in something. (laughs) Anyway, I think we're done. I'm pretty sure we were done. (laughs) I've been beat up. I think we were done about 15 or maybe 10. I'm sorry. You were a great guest. You were. You were much better than the host. Yeah. I'm so sorry you got the Z-list (laughs) co-host. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you so much for having um, me. I apologize <laughs> to nothing, you no, I, and the listeners, especially the viewers. I hope to come back. me? Yes, on behalf of Colin, I, he is sorry. <laughs> and halfway there. everyone have a great day. Cheers. 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 Thanks for having me, guys. And take a class. Yeah. You can take a class. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sand. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.